We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly, Atheist Dead podcast. And the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. So far from lies and hypocrisy Hello, my name is Damien, the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad, and host of the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. Wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, and whatever you happen to be doing, I hope you enjoy. Thank you. So this video here that I'm responding to is titled, Dear Christian, this is why you never mess with pornography from Off The Curb Ministries on YouTube. So I first came across this video when someone posted on a Facebook group, hey guys, what's the bet that this guy will discuss pornography with a fair, balanced, and a perspective that is dedicated to factual accuracy on the topic? And I had to have a bit of a laugh at that because in my experience, whenever, whenever, whenever... Christians, and especially modern fundamentalist Christians, discuss pornography. Even a little hint of pornography is completely evil and will derail your life and all this kind of stuff. Now, I've only seen the first few minutes of this video, so a lot of this will be off the cuff because, hey, that's uh, what I seem to do because <laughs> uh, off the cuff is like an excuse to say I haven't prepared, but yeah, in this case, it's a little bit true. But anyway, so let's see what this, let's see what this gentleman, uh, Joe Kirby, has to say. On a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do you want to escape your pornography addiction? Okay, I have to say zero because I don't have a pornography addiction. Would he say that even casual use is addiction? Or is it you either never watch pornography or you're completely addicted to it and there's no in-between? So I'd really love to get his perspective on where if there's any balance in between those two extremes. One meaning, I don't really care that much, Joe. And ten meaning, I cannot live a day longer with this sin in my life. If the answer's ten, would you do a favour for me? Would you please watch this video all the way through? I think today you're going to hear something new, something fresh, that you've never heard in all of the videos you've watched, in all of the advice you've heard on how to overcome this addiction. I think today could be the day you hear something new and finally get this thing out of your life forever. Okay, so I find that very interesting that he believes that this video will be the turning point for someone who is already struggling with pornography addiction and all, all that kind of stuff. But it's as if a YouTube video is a substitute for professional therapy. It's a bit like those people who say, Jesus is definitely coming back. This is He's revealed to me that this is when he's coming back. As if, like, no one else in the previous 2,000 years of Christianity has been able to decipher 
People of every generation in Christianity have gone, Jesus is coming soon. This is the time. And this guy sounds like one of those guys who goes, yes, people, trust me, I know when he's coming back. Prepare for his coming. He's any day now. He sounds like one of those guys. No one else has found the key to overcoming pornography addiction without professional therapy, of course, because therapy in Christian circles is like a bad word. Let's see what he's got, eh? Okay, watch this. This diagram in my hand is what I like to call the pornography cycle. And once you understand each of these phases, you finally understand why it is you keep going back and back and back again to watching wrong things on the internet. Okay, first... <laughs> watching wrong things on the internet. For anyone who's not watching the screen or someone who's listening to this on the podcast rather than the video... So he's got a little circular diagram. So at the start of, at the top of the circle is temptation. Then it goes to rituals. Then it goes to sin. Then it goes to shame. And then it goes back to temptation, like in that, in that circular motion. So let's see what he's, let's see what he's got. Firstly, the temptation phase. Now, above all, remember this. You will have something which will trigger you. You will have a sort of stepping stone which will lead you into pornography. And once you understand this, well, then you've won half the battle. Yes, a stepping stone is being sexually aroused by imagery. I, I don't quite see what the problem there is. There are very good-looking people around, and some of those people put photos on the internet, and sometimes they do look very uh, sexually attractive. I don't quite see what the big problem there is. As long as it's done in a consenting manner, and they're not being exploited... For some people, they might see someone walking down the streets and they lust after them. And the image, the, the picture in their mind, the wrong thoughts, it, it draws down into the heart. And the okay, so what does he mean by wrong thoughts? Because looking at someone and deciding that they're sexually attractive, is that a wrong th thought? No, because wanting to have sex with someone who is of legal age and who is sexually mature and able to comprehend what's going on, someone who can provide informed consent, don't see what the problem what the problem there is. Like if you go and sexually assault her, or if you stalk well, sorry, okay, so I'm speaking from a male onto a female perspective. This this guy is a man, and I'm sure he's gonna be speaking about that perspective anyway, but it can happen in other in reverse gender roles as well. But I'm just gonna speak from male to female because that seems to be what is targeting anyway. If I see someone attractive and that stirs up in me a sexual feeling. Well, okay, that's I don't see a problem with that. Where I see the problem is if I stalk the woman, or if I harass the woman, or if I, heaven forbid, you know, sexually assault the woman, or if I if I get angry that my sexual advances are being rejected, or, or stuff like that. That's where it becomes a problem. Is when you start to harm other people. But I don't think this guy is going to have that nuanced a degree on the on the topic. There's a sort of seed that is planted, and that seed grows over a couple of days, maybe weeks, until they keep fighting. They keep fighting these thoughts. A couple of days, a couple of weeks. <laughs> this guy hasn't been on the internet long enough. And then they crash, and they fall into pornography. Some people, they might be scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, and again, they oh, see yeah. an image, they see something, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the thought sticks in their mind until they're led away into sexual sin. Led away from where? I don't quite get what is. I'd love to know if he's differentiating between Pornography that is produced by people who clearly know what's going on, who clearly know there's a, there's a camera in the room, who don't mind being filmed, 
and people who being clearly exploited. I just wonder if he actually even makes a differentiation between the two because you jump on any of the well-known pornography sites who will knowingly and consentedly engage in producing sexually explicit material. They're doing it with full knowledge and full consent and with their full permission as opposed to some pornography producers where it is kind of tell that it's not quite informed or consensual or it is exploitative. Let's see what else he's got. For some people, they might live a very stressful life. Their Mm -hmm. home life might be horrible. They might be in arguments. Their work life, their career, they might really struggle. And the stress, the mental stress builds up. And they sort of lie to themselves. They deceive themselves and say, I need this. I need to release. And instead of going to the Lord, because the Bible says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Instead of going to the Lord and giving their burdens to him, they go to pornography to sort of give themselves a release, to sort of take the edge off the stress. And- <laughs> okay, so, so in short, when I'm horny, and hormones are raging and, you know, the, the, I can feel the throbbing and the wetness coming down there. Then, you know, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to go to the Lord. It's like, Jesus, I have an erection. Please help me. It's like, I'm imagining all these, all these, all these men lined up with like stiffies lining up, waiting for Jesus to touch them to, to feel, to feel the flow coming through. So I should be a little bit more um, more professional about this, but yeah, it's oh lordy, so, yeah. But it's like you know, I'm just imagining like what does praying when you <laughs> praying when you're aroused? Oh boy. Anyway, give themselves a brain massage so they can relax for a few hours. And some people, their trigger point is discouragement, depression. They've experienced a sort of rejection in life. They feel like no one loves them. So what do they do? They've trained their mind over many, many years to believe that if I go into the world of pornography, I'll receive acceptance, love. There'll be someone there that will make me feel good about myself. Not really. Um, That's probably only on the very edges of uh, pornography addiction. But, and look, I can't say I'm an expert on this, but for the clear majority of people who consume pornography, they do it for as part of exploring their own sexuality, particularly so when they're not in a position to be able to be with their partner. If the partner works night shift or some sort of separation going on, then don't quite see what uh, what his problem with the pornography is. The only thing I can think of is that He's thinking so far for the for the extreme cases that he's taking the extreme case and extrapolated that to anyone who who consumes pornography. And this is why he's hoping for a, a more nuanced discussion. His title is D Christian. This is why I never mess with pornography. Not D Christian. This is how you break the addiction. His first couple of minutes, so we're only two minutes forty six in. He's speaking to people who are addicted, but. He's extrapolated that out to pretty much anyone who consumes pornography for personal enjoyment. And even though it's a false world, even though it's a fake world, they have told themselves there is a guarantee that when I go onto these images, I will feel better about myself. And do they feel better about themselves? Maybe temporarily. Indeed, indeed. But 
this is why professional treatment and having a mastery over yourself, having that maturity and know when things are getting bad. But like with, with drug use, there are this may be controversial, but maybe possible that particularly with, I suppose, what you call your softer drugs, you can enjoy casual consumption of soft drugs for personal enjoyment without it necessarily leading to some sort of path of destruction. Example, alcohol. People can enjoy alcohol casually without it being a, without it being a burden. Um, marijuana, there's, well, that, that might be a little bit of a some conflict about that one, but there are numerous people who enjoy marijuana without it uh, derailing their lives. Caffeine. Caffeine is a drug that people enjoy casually without many without many issues. So, but when it's all over, all these feelings of hurt and self-loathing come back. But hey, now some people, this phase doesn't even exist. They're not even tempted anymore because the habit is so deeply ingrained on their minds. They're not even tempted anymore. They just run to the pornography all the time in their lives, and they promise themselves one day I'll stop. But they never do, unless they really do take actions. This is something I would expect from a modern fundamentalist preacher, maybe not on Sunday morning, but maybe like in a Bible study or something, where the discussion of pornography is just so unbalanced and so unnuanced. It's almost like the abstinence-only sex education. It's just so out of touch with reality and probably only speaking to marginal cases that it's very hard to take anything he says about the topic seriously. So here's the big question. Which one are you? Are you going to pornography to try and self-soothe, to take the edge of stress off life? Or are you more of the man or woman who fights and fights against it and one image gets in front of your eyes and it grows and you end up clicking on images? Whatever it is, know your trigger because once you know your trigger, you're a lot stronger to fight against this thing. The second phase of the pornography cycle, and we're going to come back to this in a moment, is the ritual phase. The ritual phase is basically this. You, if you're addicted to pornography, have certain rituals that you follow religiously before you watch pornography and after you watch Again, this is uh, from a very theological perspective. Not that I'm an expert on the on, on the topic, but this just seems like a... This guy has read a whole lot of other Christian theology on the topic, and he's made this video based on the Christian theology on pornography, and then he's made this video as if that is the best way to tackle the issue. Uh, so I haven't watched the video yet, but I just wonder how much research... He will quote or how much science he will present a nuanced view but so far everything he's everything he said so far is to do with the marginal case rather than with the general case and in any case you know i haven't heard him say go get yourself the therapy go go see a counselor go get professional help just go to the lord with your erection watch pornography perhaps you make sure that the house is empty perhaps just hearing the front door close and knowing that you are all alone is enough to trigger you to think, actually, maybe I could go and watch wrong things on the internet, right? Oh, yeah. Right now. Perhaps you go to a different room in the house. Maybe you turn the lights off. Maybe you open up a new tab. Whatever it is. Incognito. It's actually, you might think it's trivial, but it is actually so important to identify. Because once you realize what these rituals are, there is a chance to break them and break this habit, this addiction, which has become a pattern. And your brain and your body has got so used to following this robotic motion over these many years. And that leads us on to the sin phase. Oh, I can't can't wait for him to discuss the sin phase. 